Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. My segment this Saturday morning, this past week, we've done a lot of deep dives into taking the leap um, every which way from Saturday, right? 
But I also wanted to encourage us all to take a step back and pause before we take a leap. I would like for us to explore a few examples of inclusion, diversity, and equity, and belonging, um, just touching on some of the unconscious bias that we all go through. Because a lot of times when we think about some of the trajectory of our, our leaps and how our trajectory has changed, it has also changed our mindset, our thinking process. So I wanted to just dive a little, not too much, um, but a little bit into this unconscious bias space and just discuss a few ways to one, avoid it, but also hopefully help for you to master your consistency in how you think about just simply being a human being. Um, we're all human beings, so we all do it. So I don't want anyone to think that this is uh, exactly uh, for one person. Uh, this is for all of us. Um, this is for all of us. If you're a human being and you're breathing, you qualify because we all do it. Um, and our mind is just put that way. Um, I know ever since being um, a proactive person in this IDE space, I have actually learned a lot from even how I was raised and I grew up, right? So sometimes, and, and, a, and a simple example of this is um, I learned Spanish first before learning English, right? Because my parents came to this country just knowing um, a little bit of English, but mostly they just knew Spanish. So when you learn a word in English, you can assign a meaning to it. So for example, if someone said pizza to you and pizza, they told you meant a hammer, you're going to say, hey, pass me that pizza, thinking it's the hammer, but it's not. And so you learn the meaning of that word incorrectly for whatever reason. And so unlearning that takes a process. And I gave you an off example just because it's a neutral. I love talking about food because I'm a foodie, but two is just to give you an example that's not attached to any meaning. So we as human beings um, proactively <laughs> attach meaning to actions, words, and what other, people's, um, other people say. So I just wanted to make sure I, I spoke a little bit about that. Um, I do a bunch of workshops in the IDE space, so that's where some of this is coming from today. Um, but I've also read um, a variety of articles in the Harvard Business Review, so you can take a, um, a look there. And on my Instagram, I did post uh, two of uh, the images that I will be referring to as well. So if you want to check those out, uh, feel free to go there as well. Um, I will ask um, for one or two shares um, at this point. Um, not too many at the end because I am trying to get a lot of information in. And I think for this segment this Saturday, I really want everyone to to think and reflect during the segment. It's a lot of information, but I want you to think about how this applies to you and how you are showing up in this ID and E space. So when we are talking about this topic, I know one, it's a, also a sensitive topic. So a lot of people, um, sometimes the immediate action is not me, um, and but I'm gonna challenge you to think about how this applies um, in your life or your thinking process when you're dealing with people at home, um, at work or the homework environment now, since some of us have a mixed um, and in that capacity in your community work as well, so that we can kind of explore those thought processes as well. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dora Maria Abreu. I'm an inclusive engineer focused on technology, leadership and communication and mentorship, all things on uplifting and helping all human beings. Um, so I wanted to take a deep dive um, after last week's um, discussion, but also this week on the on the leap, um, because I think a lot of those things um, help us to 
explore this unconscious bias space um, and, and just ways to avoid it so that we can have a more inclusive environment. All right. Um, so please take a moment to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 on how you see yourself demonstrating being an inclusive, just human being in your own space, in your actions, in the words that you choose, the language that you choose to use, and the tone in which you deliver it. How would you see yourself um, on the home front, work front, community front, and even with yourself? How do you see yourself on a scale of one to 10 in that space? And then being presented, um, this information is coming from my perspective, but also based on a lot of research. I am, I just wanna make sure I caveat, I am not a psychologist. Um, I, I know that I appreciate a lot of the segments with Dr. Janie um, because it does um, add a lot of in-depth conversation. I just wanted to make sure that I brought it up on a, just a, more on a leadership perspective um, for things for you to reflect on. So I just wanted to make sure I caveat that, just like I'm also not a financial advisor. So um, just wanted to make sure that I uh, pointed that out. All right, awesome. Um, so again, think about how this applies to you personally, yourself, your family, your business, um, and how you see yourself growing. How you show up in this space is really how you show up everywhere. And sometimes um, how you deliver a message is really everything. Um, so think about how this applies to you. And then think about who do you know that also exemplifies being a person who's very inclusive, right? And what person in your circle or your community or, or maybe someone that you just know has this quality um, exemplifies this quality in the best way? What do you admire about this person and why? Um, so for me, one person that comes to mind right away, and I'll give you just a simple example, um, was my mom. Um, when we were kids, uh, there were five of us growing up, my mom went out of her way. She was very proactive, very intentional to make sure that all of us felt loved, seen, heard by her. Uh, a lot of times when we grow up in a large family, we can really feel invisible. And like for me, I was girl number three, they were expecting a boy, so it was. I grew up with that whole oh, you should have been a boy, or, you know, it was just always that competition between my brother that's literally right after me and myself. So I always felt like they wanted him more than they wanted me. And my mom always went out of her way to make sure that we were all treated the same. If she bought us clothes for school, all of us got the same thing. Not the same clothes, obviously, um, for boys and girls, but the girls were always dressed the same. The boys were always dressed the same in my household. And then when my aunt came to live with us with her three kids, it was their three kids also. So like we were literally like, you know, seven people that were all treated the same. And she was just very intentional about making sure that everyone felt included. So that's something that has never left me because I felt that she always made everyone feel so loved and so cared about that I wanted to make sure that I was that person in my family as well as I had nieces and nephews, et cetera, and, and cousins coming into the fold of the family. I wanted to make sure that they didn't feel um, left out, um, no matter who they were, no matter what they did. Um, I wanted to make sure that that was there. So that's one example. I'm not sure who that person is for you, um, but think about who that is and, and maybe some examples of, of how that 
um, has impacted uh, you as well. So one of the things I wanted to mention is whenever I do my workshops, I do put rules of the road, but I also feel like these are rules of the road for just life itself, right? So I think sometimes if we can put some uh, intentional guardrails, uh, we can definitely have more intentional conversations um, and have more productive conversations as well um, because we're being more mindful in being present and in being um, just having an open ear. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Yeah. So before um, I start my workshops, I always say that there are rules to the road, right? So that we can establish and honor each other's time and words during the time that we are together so that we can ensure that everyone is not just heard, but also fully present. And we're listening to what is being said and not just hearing what's being said to jump in and reply. Because a lot of times we go in full mode. Um, so one of the things I say is to take and make space. Um, so for those of us, um, you know, for, to allow the space for us to grow together, it's also critical that we take the space um, and make the space by sharing our thoughts and ideas, but also make that space for others to do the same. So a lot of times um, we dominate the mic on these stages, and I guess in Clubhouse it's a little bit more evident because it's audio. Um, so understanding that. So I know that I purposely uh, have worked on that tremendously since the beginning of the year. I know sometimes we can get really passionate about something. And I know in my family, if I'm excited about something, I go into a tangent. And then 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, okay, let me be quiet. Um, so that's something that I've been more intentional about, and especially on these stages, um, to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to speak and share their thoughts and ideas. Um, and also just to make that space for others to do the same, not just um, myself. Um, and then meeting judgment with curiosity. A lot of times we, we are talking about topics that evoke a wide range of emotions. And it's really important to remember that we want to create a safe space for all of us to learn. So if someone asks a question or they make a statement that you don't agree with, try to ask questions to understand their perspective, not, um, you know, like doing something in the in the sense of just judging their viewpoint or point of view. I think we are all unique human beings and our perspectives are all going to be, that's what makes these stages so beautiful when we have that diversity of thought and everyone is bringing their perspective to the stage. Sometimes we have a lot of aha moments on this stage and we lose out on that um, when we don't allow for that to come out through curiosity. So if you think about it through curiosity lens and not a judgmental lens, um, that would also be very super awesome. Um, and then accept um, and expect non-closure. I know that a lot of times we come into these stages um, and we're like, okay, we're gonna start talking about a topic and there's gonna be closure at the end. Um, but just know that sometimes we're talking about a topic that's literally just scratching the surface of this topic. And the language is critical. It's a critical vehicle of communication. Um, so expect that not only you will learn and get answers, but most probably you're going to have a lot more questions and ideas that won't that you won't be able to close on. 
um, during a segment. So just keep that um, in the back of your mind as well and know that it's really okay. Um, it just is continuous learning. It's part of our journey to have more uh, of an inclusive uh, culture. And if, if I can give you an off color example, think about the crypto world. A lot of us are just scratching the surface on that. I still have no clue. Totally not my my lane of genius. And what I keep telling people, it's like, I'm, that is not my lane of genius. I, it's not even on the highway that I drive on because it is just something I don't understand fully right now. Right. So just understanding that. Um, and then being present, it's very tempting to multitask when you're on stages um, or listening to a, you know, a podcast, things like that. But I urge you when you are listening to very hot topics that you remain fully present um, because the distractions can also contribute to, you, to missing information on a point that's being shared. And then you're going to comment on something not fully understanding for not having a full understanding of what was shared because you were distracted. So you understood it totally 365 degrees different from how it was shared and in the spirit in, in which it was shared. Um, and then sharing your learnings without putting others at risk. I know that um, I, I, I definitely wanna make sure that we have a lot of personal um, anecdotes and great stories to share, um, but we also wanna make sure that we honor the privacy and trust of others. So we're not naming names and we're trying to keep the people um, that we or examples that we use on a very high level as possible um, and through lived experience. So it should really be your experience that you're sharing um, because you've lived it. And it's a, you know, it's a, an example that you're sharing. So it's not something that, you know, someone else lived. It's something that you have lived through um, so that you're sharing a perspective coming from your heart. Um, so when we center the conversation on lived experience, we're really learning from each other as much as we can, um, but also discussing conversations that have focused on a genuine and authentic and it comes across that way too because it's coming from your heart um, and then get uncomfortable um, and get comfortable with being uncomfortable it is okay I think a lot of us were raised to not be uncomfortable I know growing up I was drilled continuously we don't speak politics we don't speak religion we don't and it was just like when conflict arose it was just like we stay away from conflict and that is not a very productive way to live life because eventually it will come around. And again, we, we have been just brought up to not have conversations about race, gender, any type of, you know, accessibility or sexual orientation or any, any other diversity, equity or inclusion or belonging dimension, right? Or focal point. But in order for us to really grow from discomfort, we really have to go through it. And just understanding that perspective is important. Um, and then listening also counts as action. Um, we all process in different ways. We all process information in different ways. We also learn in different ways. But active listening is an action. And it might be uh, what you need to learn and process information. So understanding that is very helpful. Um, so to be consistent and master anything you have to be clear. And, and part of being clear is understanding um, and considering really your intent and the impact of what you're, you're saying. So something that's intended um, with purpose and design and intention, the meaning that you are trying to convey, whether it's verbal or written, um, you wanna make sure that you're looking at what that intent is, right, for yourself. Um, but then once you figure that out, 
try to understand that that impact that you think you're having, it's really the impression of what that idea um, or that cultural movement or social group, et cetera. In other words, this impact that you're envisioning is the way that your words and actions um, are landing. It really depends on how it's being interpreted by another person and how it makes them feel. So sometimes that could be beyond your scope of knowledge. So just understand that. So the challenge with practicing um, inclusive language does not lie in one of these two concepts, right? Um, the issue is that intent sometimes doesn't match your impact and understanding that as well. So when it happens, it can really perpetrate what is called a microaggression. And microaggressions um, usually stems from perceived um, beliefs, values, and stereotypes. And we've all learned them. We have all learned them uh, for a variety of reasons, right? So just understanding that when there is a disconnect um, in the two, microaggression um, can come up. And on the flip side of what that is also is something called microaffirmations. So understanding that there is also a positive side to that as well in those actions. So unconscious biases are, are really social stereotypes and certain, you know, about certain groups of people that individuals from outside of their own conscious awareness. And everyone holds this, everyone holds unconscious beliefs about a variety of social and identity groups, et cetera. And these biases stem from one's tendencies to organize social worlds by categorizing because our brain can only process certain information. And I know we've learned and heard about this in various segments here on BWC, but looking at certain scenarios can also activate this unconscious attitude and belief and understanding that, and again, biases may be more prevalent when multitasking and working under time pressure. So just keep that in mind. So one of the things I wanted to stress um, this week on my segment was think before you speak. And there's a, a little um, image that I am sharing on my Instagram that you can grab, but it's think and it's what that stands for. So T is for, is it true? Is this a fact? Is this really an opinion or a feeling? And is it, no, is it clear um, before you speak? So is it true? Um, H, is it helpful? Does it help you? Okay, so then understanding that. Does it help them or does it help the situation for you to share this, to post this, right? The I, is it inspiring? Does it improve or really add on to the situation that's being discussed or the topic at hand? And then the end, is it necessary? Would this better be said, would this be better left unsaid? So really judge that. Is this necessary for you to speak this out loud? Is it going to add value? And then lastly, the K, is it kind? What is your motivation for communicating this? Um, sometimes some things are better left unsaid, right? So again, think before you speak, and those are the acronyms um, that it sounds like, uh, that it stands for there. Um, and then the second image that I shared is the critical thinking cheat sheet. Um, so it's really the who, what, when, the who, what, where, when, why, and how, right? So who, who is benefiting from this? Who is this harmful to, okay? And then there's a bunch of other questions you can ask in that space, but understanding the who in this space and you know, who have you heard discuss this? 
who is most directly affected by this. So there's a lot of things that you can ask yourself in this critical thinking um, space. And sometimes, you know, again, we get, I mean, in my family, we're a lot of talkers. So there's not a lot of critical thinking that we allow time for. So being intentional about doing that also helps. Um, the what, what are the strengths and weaknesses of this comment, right? Is there another perspective or is there another alternative? Would there be a counter argument? Um, what is the best and worst scenario? Again, understanding that. Um, where? Where would you see this in the real world? Are there similar concepts, situations? Um, is there more, is there a need for this um, to be shared? Where in the world would this be a problem? You know, we're, we're speaking on these stages, but they're global now. And I remember in college when we were getting together to meet, even though a few of us knew the Spanish language, whenever you say, um, you know, we're gonna meet ahorita. Ahorita means later for a few people in a few Spanish countries, but in a few other countries, ahorita means right now at this very moment. And we were having a disconnect because we, we didn't understand the terminology, the where, right? Things, language, the language that we use is different and can be defined in different ways. Um, then looking at the when, when is this acceptable? When is it unacceptable? Sometimes some things can land at an appropriate time, sometimes it isn't, um, but understanding that and, and also understanding that when we deliver something, tonality is important, but when is that important, right? Sometimes, especially when we're trying to rear our children or, or maybe the children you borrow, because in my case, that's what it is. Um, I say things with a kind heart, but sometimes I have to be stern Right. So when my nieces and nephews were young and they, we were in the kitchen, I would have to be very stern with them, like, please stay away from the stove. Right. Because the stove, the, the fire was on. I didn't want something landing on them for them to be hurt. But at other times when we're having conversations, it's a more gentler tone and understanding that for them to listen to me and hear me, I want them to be open to hearing me. So in saying it with gentle language, they are more listening. But when they were younger, and they were about to get into danger, I, that went out the window real fast because my urgency was for them to be safe, right? And Dave Meltzer spoke to this in one of his um, examples in his last segment, so you can definitely check out what he had to say there um, as well. And then the why. Why is this a challenge? Why is this relevant? Why uh, are people influenced by this? Why would this need to be shared today and now? And then the how. Um, how does this disrupt things? How do we approach this safely? Um, but understanding that if you go through some of these questions, it'll help to kind of land your thought process without hurting other people. Because um, again, we want to leave people better than we find them. And that's some of the things that we can look at that. So when we're looking at um, some of the things in unbiased conscious um, in our environment, we're looking at the halo effect or the horn effect, right? We start this by thinking about um, just the, the attribute, positive or negative, that we give someone on our last, on their performance, right? Someone could have done something really awesome, and so whenever you see this person, you automatically think that they're awesome, and never in your mind would you think that this person uh, would be incorrect about saying something. So understanding that effect, um, the gender bias. Um, you know, again, I grew up with this being the third girl, so understanding that some things don't land the same um, depending on who that person is and how they identify, right? Um, understanding the affinity bias, like, you know, if we're only hanging around with people um, that we're all like-minded, 
understanding that, you know, just because people are like, you think that they're like-minded and in your circle, that they're always conform um, to everything that you say, and that not, may not necessarily be the case. Um, confirmation bias. Um, just because I respect what your opinion is, um, doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with it 100%. I may respect your opinion, I may not necessarily agree with it, and that is okay. Um, so just understanding that. Um, the regency bias, right? Understanding that you, you're the most, the remembering the most recent occurrence of something rather than the overall accumulation of occurrences. So this is commonly observed um, when you have a, a cognitive bias, when you need to be especially aware of performance reviews, right? Or when you're looking at, you know, your child, like, oh, they've always been good in math. Yeah, but they might be struggling in, you know, geometry. Maybe they're good at everything else, but geometry is the thing that they're not uh, necessarily good at. But, you know, again, this could also be with the people that you're working with or when you're, you know, looking at how you're judging their performance and things like that. So just understanding that um, the age bias, right? We put people into buckets, right? The, the X generation or the boomers or the Z generation. And we tend to have some unconscious bias of how we bucket people. And we don't understand sometimes that we have the influence of other generations um, as we grow up in this world, right? Like I had four different generations growing up in, as I grew up, right? I had the, my great grandparents alive at some point when I was growing up, then my grandparents, my parents, and then us. And then after we were, we had the younger generation growing up at some point, right? So you had that influence uh, growing up. A lot of us have that um, in today's era, especially these last two years, right? We had a lot of people moving in um, with family members to help and all of that. Um, and then attribution bias, um, being weary of of just the kind of biases that occurs when you try to make sense or, or judge an individual's behavior based on prior observations when, you know, that you've had about this person that may not even be accurate. So understanding what you attribute um, some of your thought process um, when you're trying to make sense of a statement. And then lastly, the sunk cost uh, bias. This basically is the kind of bias that takes us when you're basically trying to hold on to a lost cause. And a lot of us, we, we stick to our guns when we are, basically if you find yourself in a hole, just stop digging. Um, and sometimes when we do things that hurt people, um, the best way is really just to apologize and move forward. And hopefully you're developing your team at home and at work and, and you're working to really be just transparent, right, on how we make these decisions, how we make the rules that, of life. Just be objective and fair and when you approach something there. Um, and then I'll just end with final thoughts of let's learn from our experiences, right? Um, if you get feedback that your intent doesn't match your impact, um, just learn, seek to understand, be sincere in your apology, uh, commit to learning more. We can always learn more. Watch your tone and delivery, and then forgive yourself and move forward. It's going to be an ever-evolving process, and we're always going to be learning and evolving in this space. Um, so with that, um, I just used the whole time to really just dive deep into some reflection points. So hopefully this landed for a few people. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.